This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John, let's start with something we haven't started with. I swear to God, it feels like a month. feels like since the draft. And that's the Eagles. You know, it dawned on me over the weekend that if the Phillies don't start playing better, and I mean a lot better soon, we're going to be talking a lot more about the Eagles real soon. And it also struck me, John, over the weekend thinking about it because, you know, Friday was the low point of the Phil season and more Rob Thompson sort of in question Friday night. And it started dawning on me how incredibly fast the reversal can be for a person or a team sometimes in Philly sports. In this case, Rob Thompson, who clearly has done clearly a much worse job this year than he had last year and how quickly things can change and opinions can change. And with that in mind, John, I want to tackle, pardon the pun, I want to tackle the Nick Sirianni thing. You know, he is about to enter year three as an NFL head coach. Obviously, he's gotten off to a really good start. Year two was just spectacular. I mean, just spectacular. But I will tell you, I do still wonder, and I'm going to ask this question to everyone at 215-592-9494, and I ask that you answer this question today here on the show, in addition to all the Phillies conversation. What is Nick Sirianni? Like, as an NFL head coach, what is he? I'll tell you this. I remember... um, the last two coaches that were here, just for, for what it's worth, the last two coaches that were here were freaking flying really high after year two. And by three, four, and not even five, it was Dunzo. I mean, you got you got Chip Kelly after 10 and 6 and 10 and 6. We loved him. And he convinced Jeffrey Lurie to give him all the power. And then, obviously, 15 games later, it was done. Doug Peterson, after year two, had won a Super Bowl. Three seasons later, it was done. And, you know, let's be real, 9-7, and 9-7, and seven, and 4-11-1, and one, it really wasn't great post-Super Bowl. Right now, there's no doubt Nick Sirianni is flying high. I mean, there is no doubt. But I do ask this question to everyone at 215-592-9494. It's kind of put a crystal ball in front of you and project – you know, the next couple of years almost, if you will, and ask yourself, he does still have a really good team. No, no, no doubt about that. Good roster. But, John, Nick Sirianni, as the head coach in this league, where are you with him? Are you sold? What is he? I am not sold. I believe he's tough. He's tough-minded. I like him a ton. I don't love him a ton. I recognize that he's growing and he's developing and that that's part of the Eagles' plan. I mean, we were told that 
when he was brought in here. Yeah. Not for the coach he was, but for the coach he would become. And he has improved. Absolutely. Got to give him credit. Absolutely. He, he really has. And, and, but but best, you know, best case scenario, as an Eagles fan, I, I want that savant guy. Uh, I, I want that guy who outwits and outschemes everyone, the Sean McVay, young coach, young mind, the coach with the big brain. I, I wonder, you know, how how uh, well-respected is Nick around the league as a football mind? We know that people say, you know, the players respond to him and they love him. And, and I, I don't care how you twist the things, though. Uh, I'll never see it as a good thing that he started out calling the plays and then – was remo- removed in some yeah. fashion I still think from you, calling the plays. I and think I, you Joe, picking him on the wrong thing. I don't man. care how you twist Go it. For it. I'll never see it as a good thing that he started his head coaching career yeah. as a play caller, and then after, what, six games, seven games, that was quietly uh, handed to someone yes. else. And then after the season, the that play caller let us know that, that he was the one who was – successfully calling plays Shane Steich it was a pretty wild and he development. Went and got a yeah. new job yeah. and and here we sit yep. with uh Sean Desai as our new defensive coordinator and and Brian Johnson as our new offensive coordinator and we don't know how much input Nick has to have to bring these guys up to a level where we feel great about what they're putting out there every week I I don't know I don't know how Nick fits into that grand yep. scheme of things I love him with the toughness, I don't know what I, I don't know how big that brain is. I guess, you know, is he Sean McVay, or is he a, a more of a rah rah guy? And and maybe that works too. So I'll tell you, okay, so I got a lot on my mind here, John. When you talk about all that, and everyone can weigh in two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. If you think Richie there is fair or a little unfair, uh, John, I think that you. You talk about this big brain thing and you talk about McVay, and, and you've been in love with him for half a decade, and he's mm. really good. He's a good coach. I mean, there's no doubt. But, uh, you know, just because Sirianni stumbles and mumbles in press conferences doesn't mean that on the blackboard, when it's time to draw up a play, he might not be he might not be better at it than McVay. He might not be of the ilk of McVay or, or Sean Payton. I mean, those two guys are – and Andy Reid. I think the three guys – Andy Reid's up there. Yeah, and I mean, Shanahan. And Shanahan, sure. yeah, he gets that credit. Mike I, McDaniels? Uh, Mike McDaniel. No, I don't think you can put him there yet. Yeah, but yeah, I think Shanahan, but, but from, from the offensive genius thing, is there, too. Well, the way the announcers talk about him, they love him. Look, here's the thing about, about Sirianni, and, and there's some good – and so, I mean, look, I, I do think he's probably better at drawing up plays, I think, but I'm not certain, but I think he is than, than we commonly give him credit for. I love, and John, you talked about sort of the fiery personality. I'll, I, I like that, but I'll put it a different way. I, I like the accountability aspect of what I think he brings to the table. What we found out, and we found it out from Zach Ertz. I love that, yeah. After Ertz was gone, Ertz talked about how he puts a guy's number up on the screen or the board or the, whatever the heck it is, front of the room, so the whole team can know, like, this guy had a great player. This guy had a bad play, and it's in front of the whole team. Like That's the kind of stuff we wanted Ben Simmons to have to deal with. That's the kind of stuff you want Joel to have to deal with. When, like you, I mean, I, I mean, I know Joel's the guy, but I want a head coach to say, Joel, you ain't giving me what I need you to give me with four minutes to go in game six or for the entirety of 48 minutes of game seven. Like That, that form of accountability matters. I think Sirianni brings that in spades. I think he's been really good with his use of Hertz. First off, Hertz has developed. And, and and if Andy Reid's going to get a lot of credit for the development of Donovan, 
this coaching staff, which, by the way, was hired by Sirianni, has to get some credit. Look, Hertz gets the most credit, but I, I applaud Sirianni's use of Hertz. I mean, it's been it's it's simple in a certain way. It's simple in a certain way, but it's been very effective. So I think he's got to get credit there, and I give him big props for in-game decisions. I, I think Nick Sirianni in-game. I thought Doug was really good at it. Like, wh- where Andy was a major, major, major negative with regard to in-game adjustments and decision-making, I thought Doug knocked it out of the park. I think Sirianni knocks it out of the park. So I, I like all that. But, John, here's he where— He knocks it out of the park, but we just saw in a Super Bowl yeah. the, the coach on the other side, Andy Reid. I know. The beautiful mind take advantage— with motions on for two touchdowns I know. against our yet granted defensive coordinator, but Nick Sirianni says he's got a hand in everything. Yeah. I'm just saying the the big names, the big brains, the Bill Walsh, the the, the Joe Gibbs, the the Andy Reeds, the innovators on the offensive side, the defensive historic. What we're talking about here is winning Super Bowls. Yeah. So what we're talking about here is the best of the best. Is he the best of the best in terms of strategically thinking? Well, on the defensive side, you talk about Buddy Ryan, you right. talk about Jim Johnson here, you talk about people like Bill Bill Belichick doing things, throwing wrinkles out there that offenses can't keep up with. Is that what we've got? I want that in my head coach. I don't know that we have that. Yeah, so here's the thing, and again, everyone can weigh in at two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. I mean, what is Sirianni? Is he, in your opinion, a great coach? I mean, does he really have that? Does he uh does he, does he get that level of chops based on what we've seen and what you project? John, here's my thing. The reason I say I'm not sold on Sirianni actually isn't really anything that you've talked about yet. It's really two things that stand out to me that make me still doubt. And, and they both relate to last year, and they were both about the biggest advantage a coach can ever have in a season. He literally had in the same season the best roster in his sport I mean the best and the easiest schedule. You really think about that. Like, imagine if an NBA coach got to play like a whole bunch of teams that go 30 and 52 in a season. Like, you get a whole, like, an inordinate amount of games against teams that are not playoff teams. That's basically what Sirianni had the advantage of last year as far as schedule goes. And then imagine that NBA coach has, like, all-stars all over his team. I mean, that NBA coach would probably go 68-14. and 14. You'd have the best team, and you'd face the easiest schedule. And that's what I wonder about with Sirianni. It's not that he doesn't hold the players accountable. It's not that he hasn't done a good job with Hurt so far. It's that I got to see more when circumstances are different. When the schedule gets harder, which it will this year, when the talent gets less, which I do believe it will get less, has gotten less already this year because of defensive depletion. But I think the real test for Sirianni will be two and three years from now, and he'll be here. He's going to be here for some time. He's established that. But what happens? I mean, what happens when Hurts gets hurt? I don't know. I, I know that he has figured out a thing when Hurts is healthy, but what happens when Jalen Hurts gets hurt? Now you gotta, Now you got to play football a whole different way. So you know the I went less I, different than last year because now you got Marcus Mariota in there. Less different than last year, but you know you know my point. How yeah. much less effective is that quarterback? Marcus Mariota was not good last. year. He's not a very good football player. 